Balance Pod. Podcast episode number twelve. Yeah. Great. Amazing. Now that we're out of the way, what yeah. are we? Nine more episodes to the top one percent. Yep. That's what we're going for. So we're trying to get. You know, the statistic was actually. It was twenty. It was ninety. It was ninety percent of people stop after episode one, mm-hmm. and then ten percent of people stop after, or the other. Well, it's not ten, but the other nine point nine percent of people stop once they upload episode twenty. Mm-hmm. So when you upload episode uh, when you upload episode twenty one, you're in the top one percent. Yeah. The top point one percent or whatever it is. Yeah. The statistic. Yeah. I hope we're high subscribers by then, bro. <laughs> Yeah, I don't we know. Can, well, like well, we've just been pushing out episodes. We haven't really been focusing on quality. No, I feel like initially that's what's going to be a thing. I hear a lot of people that say don't put out high-quality episodes in the beginning. Because when you put out high-quality episodes in the beginning, it's just... Bro, you sound like a robot. No, I know. Or, okay, when you put out good episodes in the beginning, no one's going to watch them. Mm-hmm. They, they say you should have... Or they usually... Or I, I heard they were talking about, like, high-profile guests. Yeah. And they're saying you should put high-profile guests at later episodes. Even if you have them planned, put them for, like, episode 50 or 60. Because in the beginning, you should just be working on your own quality. Yeah. I agree. And I don't think quality is something that we can get in one episode either. Yeah. Because if you look at episode one, it's so bad. Uh-huh. And then even if we're looking at the Yoon episode, we still think it's bad. Yeah. And if we're looking at the Seattle episode, we thought that was the best thing in the world at the time. Yeah. But now yeah. we're looking back on it, and that's it's just bad. Yeah. I'm sure we'll look back on this episode and we'll think it's bad, too. Yeah. Because yeah. our quality will just continue to improve. Yeah. Nice mics, though. Yep. But I think, where should the budget go? Cameras, Camera maybe? quality, lighting yes, bro. Well. Camera quality. Well, I don't know. If, I think our camera quality is fine. It's just our lighting is not great. Yeah. Like you were saying. Uh, yeah, our lighting. Once, we should put up lighting in front of the camera. I'll do more research. I'll see how we can get a good studio area going. This is really nice because it's silent, but... Yeah. Lighting. I really want to do it in the woods. Or we're, my dad has this this area, mm-hmm. and in the back, there's just one acre free. Yeah. And it's just woods. Yeah. We can just build a cabin in the middle of the woods. Bro. And just put that'd be sick. There. That'd be sick. Yeah, and we can just and go get there. our guests in there, bro. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah that'd yeah, be fun. Yeah. We could just go in there and film. And we could, we we could even have we could just have no flooring, just a grounding area. Bro, grass, <laughs> grass. Yeah. All guests have to ground. Yeah. That'd be fun. Yeah. It's good for you, man. It increases your cortisol. Yeah, it decreases your cortisol. What if the right? grass is sprayed with fertilizer? No, we can't do that. It's my dad's area. No way he's spraying it with fertilizer. I'll make what sure. What if the government rec- regulates him no, too? No, it's fine. How's the government going to know? Yeah. Well, they probably have records. <laughs> they probably have records. All right, what should we talk about, man? I don't know. All right, let's just continue. Didn't, didn't we have a list? Continue yeah. the conversation. I, yeah, I say it. This is a freestyle one. Yeah. I'll call it number 12, Sean Murray Open. And no. the next time we have one, I'll call it my name. Okay, bro. Now I'm sure we'll find a common topic as, as we go along. I bet. Yeah, cool. <laughs> I don't know. What have, you, what have you been up to recently? What have I been up to? Uh, recovering from sickness. Yeah. Oh, you should talk about your allergies. Yeah, we should. Yeah, that'd be a good topic. And then how, how I get sick so much. Yeah. And then we can talk about why we think that is. Yeah, sure. I mean, for context, this guy gets sick once every month. And it's not some small one-day cold or something. This guy gets sick, and he's just out for five days yeah. every single time, yeah. once a month. Yeah. Even I was telling one our government teacher this as well. And she, she, was, she was like, why are you smiling while you're telling her that? I mean, I guess it's rude for me to smile, but I was like, this guy just gets sick every month. It's, it's expected as a It just became funny, yeah. Yeah, I said, you'll learn. Yeah. You'll I have so many allergies, too. I'm allergic to... Peanuts, tree nuts, uh, shellfish, Apples. sesame. No, 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 I'll get to that. Sesame seeds, most seeds, sunflower seeds, and uh, and then egg if it's not cooked properly. Yeah, I think that's it. And then fruit is something called oral allergy syndrome. And oh. if the <laughs> bro, it's the skin of fruit if they're. So I think it's it might be related to pollen, but the skin of fruits makes my mouth itchy. It's not severe, but my shellfish allergy and my peanuts and tuna allergy are severe. Really? Yeah. Same with seeds. Shellfish. Yeah. What kind? Like catfish? Oh, I don't know, cause I don't eat it. But I don't know, but you can't eat any fish at all. No. Can no, you no. eat like shellfish? 
What is yeah, shell, what I is could, shellfish? I could eat salmon if I wasn't a vegetarian. Yeah. The, the, how they test it is with the skin test. Okay. Yeah. That makes sense. What is shellfish? It's yeah. any fish with a shell on it. Like Lobster oysters? has shell. Oysters have shells. Okay. Shrimp even has a shell. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. That makes sense. Yeah. But, yeah, I've talked about this with people. Why do we think we, I have these allergies? Yeah, that's what I was going to say. Well, my mom says it's because I grew up in a sterile, or not grew up, but I was born in a sterile environment. So it was in a university environment because my dad was studying at the time I was born. So she says it's because of that. But I don't know. I've talked to some people, and they say that theory makes a lot of sense because, uh, I mean, I think there's a lot of research backing that up, what you're exposed to in the womb. Because we were talking about this before the podcast, but I know this guy named Vicky. Uh He's three years old, I think, two years old. It's not this guy, this little kid. He's he's a super healthy kid. And what they did, his parents, once he was born, they just shipped him off to the village where they're from. Uh And I'm from as well, coincidentally. That's how I know him. Mm -hmm. But he grew up there for the first three years-ish of his life. And then mm. they just they pulled him over back here, mm-hmm. and he's a he's a normal kid. And I don't think there should be anybody in that village with. But that could just be allergies. confirmation bias. What if he was he was probably already normal, or he had something and then they sent him there? No, no. So he was just already normal. Yeah, but we yeah yeah, yeah, yeah I guess because my sister is fine. She has no allergies. No one in my family has allergies except for me. That's true. Wait, oh, that and pe- people in India just it, don't have allergies. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so that's another thing to consider. It, so the sterile environment thing might yeah. be something worthwhile looking if into. If you were grounding from day one, you wouldn't have had allergies. <laughs> you know, my this is off topic, very off topic. Sure. But my my mom was telling me that babies don't have or babies don't eat food until they were like six months old. I didn't know that. I'm pretty sure that's the thing. Yeah, because yeah. how can you process or how can you digest food? You don't even have teeth. Yeah, I know. Yeah, but so yeah, I thought that's what Gerber baby food and all that stuff was about. Yeah, ba- yeah, that's what baby food's for. Because you don't have teeth. Yeah, but can a kid under six months eat it? Probably not. My mom said it was only milk. Only milk? Yeah. Oh. It's crazy. I didn't know So that. I wasn't hungry. I thought you had baby food. Yeah. She didn't eat. Yeah. She said I didn't eat at all until I was older than six months. Yeah. That still applies, bro. <laughs> one meal a day. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you can... I don't, what are the benefits for, of one meal a day? We keep talking about it. But. Yeah, yeah. So, f- for context, uh, one meal a day, it's it's not a specific movement or anything, but it's something that a lot of people practice. And it's even it's even in uh, one of our religious fasts where you have to eat one meal a day for 40 days. And even with, if you look at Ramadan or something, you're eating once a day after sunset and yeah. between, sunri- or after, between sunset and sunrise. But the benefits of it are you take a lot of energy to digest food. So you aren't as tired when you aren't eating as much. And if you've ever felt this feeling of lethargicness after eating a meal, that I think it can be attributed to that. Yeah. Wow. Wait, for us, for us, is it we fast overnight and then we eat in the day? Or do we... Our, our religious fast is you eat once lunch, midtime, and that's it. What I'm looking right now from Washington Post uh-huh. is saying that fasting in the evening and overnight and then eating early in the day is the the fasting pattern that has the most benefits for us. Fasting in the evening and overnight? Yeah. Yeah. That's, so is that what? That's similar to what we do, but that's not similar to but Ramadan. We're eating at midday. Yeah, that's not similar to Ramadan. But that is obviously for religious reasons. It has something to do with the moon, I think. I'm not sure. Huh? Yeah, because they say when the moon comes up, they say something. Ramadan has a correlation with the moon? Yeah. I don't know what that's about. It's just saying the sighting of the moon signifies the start and the end. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, no idea. But that's why they fast between sunrise. You know, there's a lot of people. For example, I was listening to the the Joe Rogan and... Yeah, no, never mind. I was listening to the Joe Rogan and the GSP is this this, uh, famous MMA guy. You probably don't know him, but I'm sure there's people that listen to this that do. Yeah. But this guy, GSP, was saying that he had the severe case of something in his stomach. Mm-hmm. That's the reason he retired from fighting. Because mm-hmm. So what happened was, in 2013, he retired mm-hmm. after a career of 24, fight, or 24 wins and two losses. Yeah. And he said, 
I'm quitting from the sport because of all the steroid use. There's no steroid checking at all. And it's just making it unfair for people like me that are normal. And he's saying that until the UFC regulates steroid use, I won't fight again. Mm-hmm. Four years pass. In 2017, he comes back for his comeback fight. This time, he's normally, he fights at 170, but this time he fought at 185. And he became the second, I think, two-division champion in UFC history. But he retired immediately after that fight. Not immediately, but a couple of months after that fight. Because he had severe, he had something in his stomach. I think it's, like, what is, what is, what, like, what, is, what's his stomach ulcer? Or how does that work? I have no you idea. You have no idea? Well, I can just look up. Is it an ulcer, that kind of bump thing that comes on your... Yeah, but, so, GSP had ulcerative colitis. Mm-hmm. Which is, colitis is something in your ulcer, I think. Yeah. <coughs> yeah. And so he said that any all the medical treatment actually didn't work for him. But what he does now, and I think he, I listened to this podcast, this podcast came out in 2018, mm-hmm. but I think he still does it to this day, where he it does intermittent, intermittent fasting. He eats one meal a day as well. Yeah. And he said that his symptoms have decreased so much past any medicine or anything that, that's been given to him that... Yeah. 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 I I think it's all about that. Wait, hang on, let me plug the short. To, 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 to summarize, this guy, that he a world champion by the way, with the best medical technology, he's been eating. Er, wait, no, I I flubbed it. Right. Okay, this guy, this world champion, <laughs> he's a world Shut champion. Up, he has access no, to. No, 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 hang on. This guy, this world champion, he has access to all the professional medical. Uh, facilities that he can he can never get access to because he can buy everything. He's one of the best of all time. He's he suffered from this this colitis in his ulcer, and regardless of all the medical stuff that it gave him, he had no choice but to retire. But once he started fasting, it, it almost got cured within a few months. There's got to that's got to be something. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> bro, don't do that. I feel like it's gonna take away from the naturalness of the yeah, episode. Okay, sure. But yeah, I I think it all comes back to that energy thing. Uh, it's just how much the more it takes a lot of energy to digest food, and people yeah. what? Yeah, no. It takes yeah. a lot of energy to digest food, and I think that's some off something that's often overlooked. And when you're eating one meal a day, obviously you're not expending as much energy, and I think that's why people feel so much better. And even related to sickness, to fight sickness, you need energy and resources, and that energy and resources is conserved if you're not eating as much. Yeah. So, and I'm pretty sure our ancestors ate way less than we do, and yeah. this eating three meals a day thing might have just been something at the advent of recent civilization. So, yeah, there's two things I want to say in response to that. Yeah. The first is you're right about the digestive thing taking a lot of energy because I'm pretty sure that's the process that takes the most energy out of our body every day mm-hmm. that's why and we're you know we're biologically designed to be that way because mm-hmm. we were talking about our ancestors if you look at pre-agriculture times what when our ancestors felt hungry that's why we're so sharp that's why fasting makes us so energetic and sharp because whenever we're fasting we're at we're at heightened awareness because our ancestors thought okay now I'm, I'm hungry they I feel this feeling in my stomach they didn't have a set time to eat they just they felt hungry they thought, okay, I'm going to go hunt this boar or this, this woolly mammoth or something. They had their entire tribe. They went around. They, they killed that thing. They came back and they ate it. Yeah. But then after that, they knew that they didn't have to do any work. So their body just went into a state of relaxation. Yeah. Uh, and I think It's crazy to think that those patterns still are with us today. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because if you think about it, agriculture happened, or the advent of agriculture started 10,000 years ago. Uh-huh. We have, as a human species, have existed for 200,000 years. Homo sapiens. Yeah. And even before that, Homo erectus, which probably had human-like patterns as well. Homo erectus existed for two, uh, 1.7 million years. So it's a, such a small portion of humanity, less than 10%, less than 5%, in fact, in which we've been accustomed to behaving this way. Yeah. That's um, why all our habits haven't died, and that's why people are saying that uh, I mean, the thing that I was talking about, we can get into this a little bit now. We'll talk, we'll go really in depth into it in a future episode. But there's something like breast cancer. I don't, I don't have the exact statistics or the exact reasoning why. But something about how women used to live shorter back in the day. Mm-hmm. They, or they used to live until they were 50 or something. They didn't used to live until they were 70s, 80s. Yeah. And they gave birth more often. Instead of having two kids, they'd have like nine. Yeah. And something about how the period cycle or the menstrual cycle stops during that time contributed something. Something like that. 
but now how it runs for longer or something like that leads to breast cancer, I believe, or it causes some deformities yeah. in that area. Yeah. I think when you mentioned the 5% thing, or the fact that only 5% of our history has been modern life, it, it shows that... Modern life meaning from the beginning of agriculture, agriculture to yeah. now. Yeah. Agri- yeah. So that itself... and Okay, and then if you take modern life, that's an even smaller percentage of our history. So I think when you look at it, or the, when you look at the grand scheme of things, change of changing the way of life is not necessarily a good thing because it leads to so many p- problems. And I think the reason problems are accelerating health-related problems is because how fast our way of life changes. And some, it's not talked about often, but the or how our patterns or how our human... I guess how we are shaped by our ancestors and our history is something that it's a effect that carries on for such a long time and people don't really look at it and we often focus on during when the baby is born we think that's almost a fresh start or you know mm-hmm. everything is given at that point but there's so many things that come from years and years ago and we just overlook that or we don't think about it at all so i think yeah that might be a reason why health related problems are accelerating yeah and if we can bring this back to our first episode too because if you think about dopamine the chemical of dopamine it's a biological process that pushes you to do certain things yeah. that are that are essential for the reproduction of our population mm-hmm. i mean testosterone and dopamine are linked in a certain way yeah and testosterone ultimately it fu- it fuels our our uh, libido mm-hmm. and like our drive to reproduce yeah but now our dopamine because what what do you mainly get dopamine from your dopamine baseline increases we talked about this if you do stuff like exercise or if you do uh something hard for you to do like homework yeah because that homework is something that contributes to your sense of purpose right sure yeah because we have we are our energy we have a drive to do something that's what testosterone is and when we do that thing we get an increase in dopamine baseline okay so our dopamine baseline increases when we do homework because because we or at least our brains or something in that has been conditioned to say this is a productive thing this will bring us benefits in the long term okay and it's so hard for us to do in the short term because well that's a different discussion a topic of discussion altogether why children don't enjoy school or why males at least don't enjoy enjoy school Mm -hmm. but i mean to what we need to know from that 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 aspect is when we're doing something hard but something that's going to bring us reward our dopamine systems act in a way where our dopamine eventually increases mm-hmm. so our brain is conditioning us to do certain things that will lead to the benefit of us and the family and everything that we have to take care of sure yeah but if you look at the modern, and by modern, I'm not saying start of uh, agriculture to now. Yeah. Modern, I'm saying really modern in the past 20 years. Mm-hmm. Especially with phones, but even with the internet. Our dopamine systems are being manipulated in a certain way. Even You can even take it out, out of the, the context of the internet. You can say stuff like alcohol or stuff like weed. It increases our dopamine levels so much that we think that it's something that we should push towards. Mm-hmm. You know yeah. what I'm saying? And yeah. we, our brains aren't conditioned to distinguish the difference between yeah. this cheap dopamine that we have yeah. and the dopamine that actually brings us long-term benefit. Yeah. yeah, That's why a lot of us, at least people our age, but even people all across the age spectrum, they're all conditioned to behave in a certain way. Yeah, yeah. We're, we're trained to behave as per our ancestors or yeah because people people now it's do stuff like dopamine detox and mm-hmm. but dopamine isn't is never a bad thing yeah i think that's a common misconception that a lot of people have yeah especially people that are on some self-improvement type of thing mm-hmm. but because you can't but you can't remove all the dopamine because dopamine is a chemical that's it's our something that we've we've kind of come across evolutionarily yeah. as something to help us. Yeah. And that's why there's so and much... And now con- it's being used to hurt us. Yeah. yeah. That's why there's so much confusion with the advent of the internet or even drugs yeah. like alcohol or 
or weed or and even hard drugs because the, the things that they do to your dopamine levels makes you think makes your brain voluntarily think that those are the things that you need to do to be successful yeah yeah I guess it just shows our ancestral patterns and the effect that they have yeah how modern life just really screws it all up mm-hmm. you know I mean there's some I mean you can think of that in the the off the like the very bad sense but there's also even some patterns that are pretty good for us or not good for us but some patterns that I think it's just kind of cool to observe mm-hmm. for example sweet tooth people think that they condition children to have candy or whatnot and but you can't condition a kid to have broccoli as a reward they just won't do it mm-hmm. yeah because even if you look at ape ape populations we have so much or they they have they all have a sweet tooth yeah because i think it's because when we we were hunter gatherers we barely came across sweet stuff yeah so that's so, we got yeah. it yeah it, it's scarcity like, yeah yeah so then would you argue that that's a good pattern or that pattern is also being it's messed not good up? or bad it's i don't think it's being messed up I mean, it, you, you might because be now right. we have access to way more sweet food than we did mm-hmm. before. Like you said, it was so rare back then. But now we have so like access to it so much, and connecting that to what we said earlier, when you get a hit of dopamine from something, that's a signal that your job is done and that you can relax. So I mean, it could be, it yeah. could be a thing because obese people didn't exist. Yeah, exactly. In the, in the hunter gatherer yeah. days, obese people probably didn't even exist until fifty years ago. Yeah. So now I'm just thinking of the first obese person to ever exist. <laughs> How do they treat them? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I think, no, there's definitely fat people all the time. I mean, not hunter-gatherer days, but during civilization. King, like, there was it, fat kings. It's just, it's just kings and yeah. other people in the royal families. Yeah, I don't think because the wealth was so yeah, I don't think concentrated. Peasants, I don't think peasants were poor. And no peasants were. Yeah. I meant peasants were fat. Yeah. Well, now the average person is fat. Yeah, or the average person is overweight, isn't it? What's the overweight statistic? Keep talking <coughs> while I get something like that. Yeah. Well, another this. thing I was thinking about when we were talking about the consumption of food and related to energy usage was vegetarianism, mm-hmm. and I feel like that's. I mean, I might be biased because I'm a vegetarian mm-hmm. myself, but I feel like vegetarianism is a good. It came before I would say vegetarianism started at the inception of you know Hinduism mm-hmm. and our scriptures. So I would say it came before 2500 BC, or that's around when it originated. But yeah. I think that's still in the context of civiliz or in the context of history. It's still modern human history. Modern, yeah, but in the last not really 2.5%. before great civilizations. Yeah, but I I feel like it's I felt like it's a good thing because it's backed by what we just talked about because it takes you take less energy to digest vegetables and then it takes to digest meat so i've thought it's it's this is a sign of progress because now that we're able to before we ate meat because we had to we couldn't grow vegetables but then once we became prosperous enough prosperous enough to grow vegetables and then only eat vegetables i feel like it was a good vegetarianism is a good movement because it conserves your energy so much I don't know if I just said this, but it takes 24 hours to digest vegetables. No, didn't say and, that. Okay, I didn't say it. It takes 24 hours to digest vegetables and 72 hours to digest meat. Whoa. So it's almost three times as much energy usage if you make it proportional to time. So that's why I've always believed vegetarianism is a good thing. And no, I guess also a good, something good invention of modern life. Yeah, we can, I'll get back to that. But I guess this is not as relevant anymore, but I'll still bring it up. Yeah. This is the statistic. 41.9% of adults in the U.S. have obesity. Mm-hmm. And the same data set suggests that 19.7% of adolescents and children in the U.S. are quite fat. Yeah. So, it's crazy. Yeah. And that statistic is only going to go up. It's, I don't think it's going to go down. Yeah, with all these new sugars, the yeah. corn syrups, yeah, and the yeah. sucraloses. Yeah. The How is sucralose the one that's 500 times stronger than yeah, sugar? Yeah, 600. It's 600 times sweeter yeah, than sugar, yeah. yeah. One gram. Yeah. Yeah. Insane. That's crazy. But yes, back to the vegetable discussion. Yeah, I can see I can see where you're saying. I think 
I know there's some vitamins that are only available in meat that aren't available in vegetables. And I think there's also some some vitamins that are only available in vegetables that aren't available in meat, vice versa. At least for me right now, maybe I'll eventually trans- transition to vegetarianism, but my ideal diet right now is just meat and vegetables. Because I think that's how you get all the nutrients for your body. Vitamins, are, do you know any specific vitamins? I think B12. And there's uh yeah b12 is in me but it's low in vegetables yeah it's really low in vegetables but i i don't know how necessary b12 is because i i can pull it up i'll tell you or keep talking yeah i don't know how necessary b12 is because you know a lot of my or all of my ancestors are vegetarians and you know some of them were some people even i know within the same community are recorded as being warriors and it's just it does. I don't think. I don't. I'm not sure about B12 and its necessity. I think you should look into that as well. Yeah, I can look into that. Yeah, but I I know about B12 because my mom has low B12. I'm pretty sure, and she yeah. takes a supplement for it because the doctor yeah. tells her to. But I don't know. I'm not sure if it's necessary. I guess Holy, I other can't pull up the right document. All right. Yeah, I guess other than that. what other vitamins you know let's see i know amino acids you can get through if you get some amino acids you can only get the whole ones in meat but if you eat a variety of vegetables and lentils and protein sources you can get it c is in a lot of vegetables and fruits a is it's it's a lot it's really in red meat Mm -hmm. but it's in some dairy as well yeah like milk yeah uh, e, I, <coughs> I can't see where E is in. I think it's an E's in nuts though. Mm-hmm. D is in the sun, but also eggs mm-hmm. and salmon. I guess is there is there a lot of vitamin D in vegetables? I guess the sun kind of offsets that, right? Mm-hmm. Even if it's yeah. in meat, but it's not in vegetables. Yeah, especially for considering our ancestors. Yeah, collagen is in berries. K two is in dairy. Biotin is in dairy. That's why I've always thought being dairy-free is such a hard thing. Look at yeah. all these things that are in dairy. It's it's so hard. Dairy is super good for you. Yeah. Uh, sulfur is not. Sulfur is just something that creates antioxidants, but yeah. I'm sure it has other benefits as well. Sulfur, sulfur is not in vegetables. It's in what? Egg yolks, red meat, white meat, and seafood. Uh-huh. It's just meat, basically. Yeah. Uh, is there is there zinc? Is there much zinc? Zinc I, zinc I know works well with vitamin A. Is there much zinc in vegetables? Because right now the only sources that I have are red meat and seafood. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah, there's... And then, yeah, magnesium is in is in vegetables. Omega-3s. Omega-3s are mainly in fish, and fish. I'm, I'm kind of lacking in that, too. Yeah. Because I don't eat that much fish. Yeah. And then selenium is also in... It's in nuts. Yeah. Which you can't eat, unfortunately. I'm allergic, yeah. Yeah. But... Yeah, I get what you're saying. B12. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That makes sense. Yeah. Because I, I didn't even have B12 on my list. I thought I did. Uh-huh. But I know... The only reason I know is because Carnivore Aurelius keeps saying that, that beef liver has a lot of B12 in it. Yeah. But I don't know exactly what it does. Yeah, what is its necessity? Yeah, that's interesting. Yeah. Yeah, you might be right. And I know there's definitely some... What is it? Vitamin A? Oh, no. Vitamin A is in dairy. Yeah, C C is not in meat at all. Mm-hmm. C is mainly in fruits and vegetables. Yeah. So that's why right now I think you need both. But I can look into the the ones that are mainly in meat. Because mm-hmm. I, I didn't have many here. Because the ones that I had that weren't in vegetables, they were in dairy. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah, maybe you're right with the vegetarianism thing. Mm-hmm. But that's not why you practice it, is it? I mean... It's. I've always thought that I haven't read the full, like. I mean, I. I only. I only think priests have read the full scriptures, mm. but there's a lot of science in the scriptures. Not in the way V has science right now with mathematical proofs, but there's a lot of science and ideas just without. Any even with the proofs, some hey, some it's is pretty damn close. Some is there. Some is, yeah yeah. Some is there with the proofs. For example, the speed of light is almost stated. It's it's off by units digit, I believe, in yeah. in the Vedas. But yeah, but the point I'm getting at is that there's a lot of science in it, and 
even though the reason that I've been taught to be vegetarian is because of nonviolence towards living things, I always also knew that there was some science behind it that might be in the scriptures, but I just haven't read. Yeah, I'm I think to... it could very possibly be related to energy usage, because I've heard that from gurus, or yeah, or gurus who are you know preaching the belief system. Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm just seeing science stuff from the Vedas that's true, or I'm I'm not seeing any science stuff. I just looked up stuff in the Vedas that's true today. I'm seeing a lot of philosophy stuff. Yeah. So let's see science in the I believe Vedas. even Einstein said something about the Hindu scriptures. Yeah, a lot of these famous scientists, they did read Hindu scripture. Yeah. I mean, I, Oppenheimer is the obvious example. Yeah. But a lot of people have, even Carnivore Aurelius. If yeah. you look at his recommended reading, one of the first books is the Bhag, uh, Bhagavad It's Bhagavad Gita and the Upanishads. Yeah. They're both there. Yeah. yeah. And oh, but and there's, there's also that thing about that's the sleep and the meditation. And all of that, right? Yeah, yeah. And then there's also, yeah, okay. Here, the concept of atoms, molecules, and substances. It's all at least mentioned there. Yeah. And the Vedas for us is what? The word of God, right? The word of God. And a lot of the science stuff. A lot of the, there's a lot of other stuff that in, it, in the early Hindu scriptures that you can see. Mm-hmm. Even going back to geography, the bridge between India and Sri Lanka, mm-hmm. that was discovered in like 2016 or something like that. And it was stated in the Vedas. It was it was stated in, in the Ramayana. Ramayana. Because they built it there. Yeah. yeah. And it got covered up by seafloor a long time ago. Uh-huh. It's crazy. Yeah. But what do you think about, in, in that case, I mean, we were, we, we've been saying that all religion is the same. Mm-hmm. But how would you justify that? You know, I had all religion is the same. I mean, they all have the same. If you really look into it, it's the similarities are insane. But if you don't want to do that, just consider the end goal. I mean, it's all to reach some kind of liberation from the world we're in. Yeah. And if that's the most important part of any religion then I would say that itself is a proof that they're all similar or they're all the same. Yeah, and they all have similar events happening. In, or I know all the Abrahamic li- religions. Very up to events, Up to yeah. a, a large portion. <coughs> they're but pretty similar. You have to consider that that's because those religions all sprung up and grew in a similar, in a place, or they're kind of concentrated in an area, and then they spread from there, obviously. Mm-hmm. But... Are the events that occurred in the Indian subcontinent are very different, and that's why our, I guess, our texts are different, or the events that they detail are different. I mean, even the other Dharmic religions, I'm sure they're pretty similar, no? Yeah, yeah, obviously, yeah. Conceptually as well. Yeah. I've heard that there's a close link. What about Sikh and Jain? Sikhism and Jainism? They both believe in Dharma. It's just they have different approaches i guess to it like or do you know than hindus yeah so i mean six really reinforced the point of so i guess it was at a time when they felt that dharma was getting lost amongst the people and the core beliefs and tenets were getting lost amongst the people so guru nanak was the one who spread this faith and they really reinforced the idea of one God, Wai Guru, mm-hmm. and then also the key ideas. And they, I think, again, it was because they felt the main ideas of Dharma were getting lost. And Jains, re- I think, similarly, they wanted, maybe it was to, I'm not really sure on Jain history, but it might be to enforce or emphasize nonviolence. And I guess... And both They're, of them, both of them seek to get rid of the caste system. Okay, I looked it up. Yeah, so it says both Jain and Sikh are they're opposing the caste system, and then Jain Jainism is monotheistic, and but a lot of the the beliefs in what actually happens to humans, if we put aside the other realm, the more advanced realm, a lot of the things on how they behave human or how they think humans should behave, all of that, it's saying that it's quite similar yeah. to Hinduism. Because and I think Hinduism is also similar yeah. to any other religion in, yeah. in that sense as well. Yeah. There's some there's some stuff that's a little bit different, mm-hmm. but it's, in general, general ethics, and as you're saying, the end goal is also the same. And then Jainism, they're saying that Jain, that Jain people believe that 
they don't believe in gods as the concept of God. They believe in the universe and how the universe is eternal. And I think that's similar to our concept of Bhagwan, no? Yeah, and there's certain there's certain sects of Hinduism itself that believe in something similar to that. There's obviously there's um, the idea that God is everywhere and is in everything. That's a common belief amongst Hindus. And I think in English it's referred to as pantheism. I might not be sure. Polytheism? No, pantheism. It's the idea that God exists in everything. I think there's certain sects of Christians yeah, that there believe is, there that is, too. Because I went to a Catholic middle school, and they're yeah. saying that there exists a little bit of God in each of us. Yeah, yeah. And they're saying that so, he made humans in his likeness or something. Exactly. So I think that's that belief, and it's also shared amongst a lot of Hindus. Um, I think I believe in it, or I've been taught it. I'm not yeah. sure if it's a certain sect of Hinduism or if all Hindus believe in it. But I don't know what my family specifically believes in, but I know for certain that what I think at least, I think that once we complete all hu- or all the experience of life, we become a God figure. Not, we, don't, we, don't God be, figure? we don't become a God, but we become part of that whole Yeah, thing. so that's another thing. There's something called Advaita and Dvaita. So Dvaita is the idea of dualism. So that means that at the end of your soul's experience, you become, you unite with the ultimate, the cre- like the superior one or the mm-hmm. ultimate reality. But Advaita, I'm pretty sure, is the belief of non-dualism and that at the end of that experience, your soul merges with that ultimate reality. And all the other souls are also merging into that once they complete their experience to form one collective consciousness. So yeah. that's what Advaita is. And Dvaita is, I guess, in the belief of a more physical or more of a being. This ultimate or the reality is one being. And you just you unite with him, but you don't become him in the way Advaita thinks or believes you do. Okay, that makes sense. I'll have to look a little bit more into that. I It's just some some unconscious belief that I have, but I don't know how, yeah. or I don't know how it categorizes into all of the Advaita, Advaita, and a couple yeah. other so different parts you're of sa- Yeah, so you're saying that you become a god figure, or you unite it's with... It's unite, yeah, I think unite is more... So unite with a god figure, I think that belief of that there is a being or a god figure, and that emphasis of that being might put you towards Advaita, not Advaita, dualism. Yeah. But you might have to see. You have to ask your yeah. family. But you were, you were mentioning the collective unconscious. What do you think? Collective consciousness. Yeah. Collective consciousness. But there's also, not even in the spiritual sense, but there's also a lot of study into the collective unconscious in the, in or collective conscious. I think, I don't know if about the collect, collective conscious, but there's a lot of study scientifically into the collective unconscious. Whether, you know how we were talking about the subconscious in the previous episode? It's basically saying that all this information is collective information. Mm. It's not just that of one person. Yeah. What do you think of that? Or do you think that, I I said in the last episode that all the information that I've ever learned is stored somewhere in my brain. Mm -hmm. But do you think it's all experience that I've ever experienced? Because there's certain tendencies. I believe I brought up the fear of heights as an example. That's just imprinted into my brain. Because I'm sure that in some experience that I've had, I've fallen off some (coughs) high place. And since then, I've developed a fear of heights. That might be a... a Fear of heights might be a genetic thing. Yeah, it could be a genetic thing. But also, are they that different? If genetic things support some, some fear or some recollection of something... Because, again, how do these people... I mean, not in a spiritual sense, but in a scientific sense. The people that remember their past lives exist. Because my dad was telling me the story once about this this girl. It's post-British, but not that much post-British. I don't know if he, or I don't know if your parents have ever told you the story. I believe it's a pretty famous one, because I looked it up and it was there on the internet. But the the girl, she said, my I'm actually from Britain. I'm the daughter of this this person, this person. And they funded a venture for her to go back to Britain. So when she went back to Britain, she went to this this small little village. And she she pointed it out. She was like, this is my mom. 
And she, before even going into the village, she was telling the people the directions. And she's saying, you should go here. You should go here. If you go to the right, this is my house. These are my neighbors. Like, these are my children. This is my mother. Yeah. And all of that. And she was pretty spot on with their names and with a lot of this stuff. A lot of the map details and everything. Yeah. You think that's something that she was able to pull out of her own brain? Yeah, maybe. I don't know. I think that's something. So, yeah. She pulled out of her soul, you're saying? Yeah. Yeah. What even is a soul? Uh, that's a <laughs> interesting question. Yeah, so I think or I, what I believe a soul to be is your experiences of all your lives. Yeah? Uh, yeah. But there's no, or at least to the modern measuring, we don't have any way to determine what a soul is. Yeah, because, but that's another thing. We shouldn't dismiss the idea of that just because our modern science hasn't been able to prove it. Yeah. Modern science, I guess, I said a lot, is about proof, proof, proof. And that doesn't have to be, that's one way to go about science, but we've been taught that proof is the only way to go about science. We've mm. taught that that is science. Science mm. is, but science really is just understanding how the world works around you. Yeah. There's, there's nothing about the level of proof that we see that's built into science. So I think we just can't wrap ourselves around the idea of a different type of science. And that science can help explain the soul and related topics, but we're not looking into it because we just we're not familiar with that kind of science. Yeah, true. I was listening. Or do you, uh, should I bring this up? Yeah, sure. Did I t- did I ever tell you about DMT and that the Joe Rogan thing? Yeah, yeah. And this he was also saying I heard this on one of his podcasts as well. That are you Justin Gain? No, I'm just messing with the mic. All right, but he was saying that there was a. Or don't touch the mic because it's going to spike up the sound. It's going to probably cut my sound out as well. Shit, my bad. But there was a... He was saying... or what, do you, what, is, what is your belief that our soul just gets converted into energy and then we just go on to the next thing? Our soul gets converted into energy after we die? Yeah. Yeah. That's how, I'm pretty sure that's how I believe it works. Or that's how our belief system says it works. Your soul leaves your body we cremate bodies right and then we throw the ashes in the river and that's how you ensure a proper like soul send off mm-hmm. right but think about it when you're burning a body what are you doing that's heat energy you're converting your in or heat energy is enacting on your body and then you're turning that because due to conservation of energy see that's even conservation of energy is something mentioned in our text Mm -hmm. but when you burn a body that energy i guess there is there energy within your body that would be a cool modern scientific experiment a dead body does it have any energy yeah yeah because if you take a dead body and you just i don't know manually pump the heart or something it's not gonna it's not just gonna come back to life yeah but does it have any energy would be a good question because then that might be a way to prove that the soul exists. Yeah, DMT is a psychedelic drug. Okay. And what they did, they just put a bunch of people with a, with some dose of DMT and they all, I believe, I don't know if the exact thing because I'm just skimming through this, but I believe that the study, the, the people that they had do it, they experienced a very similar similar thing. And from their experience that they could recall... It was kind of like going into a dream state, but all their dreams were the same. Mm-hmm. And that's where a lot of the collective unconscious theory funds are, comes from. Mm-hmm. But how we, we all have... Because your experiences are an extension of my experiences. And my, experience are, my experiences are an extension of, I don't know, Mr. B's experiences. And they're my... That's two shout-outs. Yeah, two shout-outs for Mr. B. But whatever. We all have similar experiences yeah or i've experienced certain life because life it doesn't have to be linear if i die right now i don't have to be born in the body reborn in the body of someone in the future i can be reborn in the body of some peasant chinese girl in 500 bc Mm -hmm. yeah 
So, what, so you're saying that DMT can give you a similar experience of bringing parts of that soul back? Or That's what people are saying. I don't know enough about DMT to say that. Yeah. But it's it's just the psychedelic, where people are saying that they enter some other world. Yeah. Or they act, I think I think what psychedelic drugs do is they just help you access a part of your subconscious. Mm-hmm. And that's, I think that you can get there. Naval was saying this, and I'm saying this too. I think the two ways to get there are you just take note of your dreams to the level where you can just understand everything. Like, you can track the patterns of what happens in your dreams and stuff. But also, uh, if you just sit there and stare at a wall for long enough. I heard that once you sit there and look at a wall for long enough, you can actually start hallucinating. Really? Yeah. That's, I don't know. <laughs> That's people go insane in prisons and stuff. Yeah, that were just mentally fine before. Yeah, but I feel like if you take it as a good thing, the hallucination is a good thing. There's, I think, I believe that there's a right way to do it and there's a safe way to do it. And a lot of people, do you think psychedelics are safe? Because there's a there's those the the doctor people and the they they take it under controlled testing. Yeah, like they only give them a certain dose. I don't know, man. I personally wouldn't want to mess with that. Yeah, I think psychedelics is like an easy way out. I think you have to earn. You have to earn seeing yeah your subconscious shit. Yeah, it's just something that I don't understand, so I wouldn't want to do. Yeah, that's true. But there's definitely a safe and right way to do it. But I wouldn't want to risk doing something dangerous. Like you're saying, people will go insane staring at a wall. And I think that's proof that they're not doing it the right way. Yeah. But also, I don't know. I feel like... I feel dream like when, journaling is fine. There's nothing... I dream, journaling, dream journaling, I think, is fine. That's also, I feel like if you do a, psychedelics in the, right, in the right way, I feel like they, they shouldn't be too bad. I, think, I still think it's the easy way out. I don't think you earn to see what you see. But there's a lot of people that completely turn their life around mm-hmm. when they see shit like that through psychedelics. I know a guy personally. Mm-hmm. I'll tell you who after this podcast. Sure. But... There's also there's also other guys that I know that or I've heard of on on podcasts or whoever that take them with their family mm-hmm. and they build a stronger bond together after that's really strange yeah yeah DMT what is it it just alters the way your brain no thinks. no I mean chemically uh, it's called <laughs> N comma N dash dimethylter. Is it synthetic? Yeah, I think so. Okay. I think most psychedelics are except mushrooms. Yeah. Is DMT synthetic? Yeah. DMT is a very strong psychedelic found in a number of animals and plants, so it's not synthetic. Or it's not. Yeah, it's natural. Yeah. What animals and plants have contained DMT? Know, what animals and plants contain DMT? DMT? That's a good question. Yeah, I don't know. That's so interesting. The idea that psychedelics. Many psychedelic plants contain dimethyltryptamine and other tryptotines, which are either snorted, vaporized, or drunk. Uh, how many? S- or wait. Okay, here. There's. Yeah. It's this list of plants that contain DMT. I'm not gonna fucking read all these. But acacia. Oh, what the hell? And a bunch of type of those. Yopo. Giant river reed. Okay, but bundle, isn't plants you would normally eat, or... Yeah. Animals. I don't know. The idea that psychedelics, which we view as something so unnatural, and I guess the idea that it, it exists it's a lot naturally of fish. is insane. It's a lot of fish. A lot of fish. Like random fish, like deep in the ocean, that kind of thing. Clownfish. Yeah. Chubs. I've seen clownfish before. So if I ate them, would I have gotten high? Clownfish, as in the one Nemo is, the one that's orange and No white. way. Those are in, like, tanks, bro, like fish tanks. People no. keep them as pets. <laughs> no way. Well, I'm sure there's something fun in them. You could just get psychedelic off them? Yeah. So. <laughs> yeah, but yeah. It's a, again, it's a fish you'd never eat. Yeah. I think there's a reason they exist so, I don't know, inconspicuously. Yeah. Maybe yeah. it's just not meant for us to be eaten naturally. Yeah, surely not. Yeah. I don't know. What if dogs have DMT? I know. What if we... <laughs> yeah. 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 Crazy to think about. Are they, are, do dogs have psychedelics? I don't know. What if some random plant had it, bro? Like sunflowers. <laughs> That'd be crazy, right? Yeah. 
though they're looking oh no 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 god's dog i think i think based off modern science dogs are safe <laughs> I, bro, I, look, I looked at something <laughs> why do testing, dogs have psychedelics in them no 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 they're testing they're testing psychedelics on dogs bro like, what the, what point what's the point uh, that's crazy you thought cannabis was progressive. Why the fuck are they testing weed on dogs? I know. They're testing mushrooms on dogs. Do we have the biggest sized brain out of all living things? We have the largest brain in proportion to the body size of any living creatures. And mm. over time, brains have evolved. Okay, what about just largest brain in general? I don't know, probably like... A whale? Yeah. Largest brain... So then, how do we know, bro? How do we know that they? What if they just sperm whales? Surprisingly, and dolphins are also better than us. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. No, but I'm saying, what if? What if they just? What if there was some some creature with a bigger brain than us, but they just hadn't invented language yet? What? Think about it. Okay, let's assume these sperm whales, they have a bigger brain than us, but they just haven't invented language yet. Yeah, maybe they do. Don't whales have echolocation? They can communicate with each other? Exactly. So then, okay, this is another thing that I wanted to talk about, especially because you said, what's the purpose of giving dogs psychedelics? What if there was, <laughs> bro, <laughs> what if there was some living creature on Earth, or living thing on Earth that was smarter than us? Okay, land animals? How elephants. do we know? Really? Elephants and gor- no, gorillas aren't bigger than us. Elephants are bigger than us. How, yeah, okay. How do we know we're the smartest living thing is my question. Because we went to the moon and the whales didn't. Okay, but that's what determines if we're the smartest living thing. What if they're smarter than us and they're just, they know that... We can't go to the moon. No, they, they, no, they we know sent that... This guy, we sent this, this guy to the moon a long time ago and he didn't, he didn't come back. Yeah. <laughs> no. What if they're smarter than us and the, they just know that the more... Ta- why does tech? Why is technology the thing that determines that we're smart? I mean, what do you define as technology? What if, for us, it's just easier convenience. What if so. they're more intelligent than it, us? It it allows us to or technology, maybe not modern, maybe not phones and stuff, but technological development has generally been associated with us spreading our species, and I think all species. What about ma- mammal species then? at least? What about ants then? They're I think more all mammals mam- than us. I think all mammal species. What they do is they try to repop- they reproduce. That's what they're going for. You're saying ants are more popular than us? Okay, but what determines intelligence, bro? What if a whale is more intelligent than us? How do we know? Yeah, exactly. That's my question. How do we know we're the most intelligent species on Earth? I think it's because of our technological development. Why? Why but- does our technological development prove our intelligence? Because we can colonize Mars if we overpopulate Earth. Well, why does that prove intelligence? What if they're more? What if they know that the f- more further technologically developed you get, the closer you are to ending your species? Hmm. Cockroach, me, cockroaches have been around forever. Yeah, cockroaches have been around forever. Let me think about that actually, because my the the reason I brought up technology was I was just thinking humans we work in a way to continue repopulation. Or are, I mean, even in this book that I'm reading, they're saying a lot of human invention and stuff, which is, it was all determined by sex. Mm-hmm. But, and I think they, they said that, that that rule generally applies to most mammals as well. So if mammals are like that, then whales are like that. Mm-hmm. And if whales are like that, then maybe, I mean, if you're saying they could be more intelligent, maybe they see that it's not good for us to, or good for whales to keep developing, I don't know. Yeah. Because it wouldn't serve to their the pre, the repopulation of their species. You know what I just thought of? What if there's some wild shit? Like, what if whales can just see the future? Yeah. How would we know? Yeah, I know. <laughs> I mean, there's... This is some of this nerd stuff, but there's something in Bleach called the Almighty, where this guy has these pupil eyes, and they can see every possible future. <laughs> what if whales just have the Almighty? <laughs> yeah. And they, 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 saw, they saw every single possible future, and they thought, you know what? This is not good. Yeah. And they just they came back. Ended there. No, I'm joking. <laughs> 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 That'd be the craziest ending. I yeah, know. We hear knocking on the door and it just ends. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah but yeah, crazy. And dolphins. Didn't you say dolphins are super smart? Yep. 
But what if they're only this is this is what spurred the idea in my brain. What if dolphins are just super smart to their to the evolution of their species or the survival of their species or the reproduction or whatever. Yeah. Whatever it is that mammals strive towards. Yeah. And they're only acting in that way. Or what if the they're most so efficient way possible? What if they're so intelligent they don't even care about the repopulation of their species? What if their intelligence because what again what determines intelligence? I've been asking this question over again, over and over again. Is repopulating, is wanting to repopulate a sign of intelligence? Why, why do we want to repopulate? Or why do we want to keep our species going? Is that really a sign of intelligence? I think any mammal species wants to. Do they? Yeah, it's just built into our genetics. I don't know. This, or who, this guy in this book said that everything that we do is for sex. I don't know. How, I just, I mean, how? I mean, we can see how intelligence is measured in. Objectively, I would just assume it's about brain size, right? It's brain volume, speed of neural transmission, and memory capacity. That's how we are. Our intelligence for humans, humans is measured. Okay. But I think that I think that all makes sense. Yeah, but the intelligence standard could be different. What if we'll see the future? Yeah, I mean it's not it's not a crazy theory. Yeah, we just know so little. Yeah, but no, surely they measure the speed of neural transmission in a brain. But yeah, what if we're super we're superior to whales in terms of brain volume, speed of neural transmission, and memory capacity? We're not in brain oh, volume. Shit. Let's get the shit out of here. We're cutting that part out. Yeah. Or we can put it in. <laughs> yeah, I don't care. But, okay, what I was saying, whales are superior to us. Or I mean, we're superior to whales in terms of brain volume, speed are of we, neural transmission. Their brains are bigger. And working memory capacity. Their but brain. we can, or what if they're superior to us in ways that we can't measure? Yeah. That's that's what I was going to say. And I think al- we are. And also, in, brain they, volume, that we're more brain volume, we just looked it up. Their brain volume is larger. No, the brain size is larger. Volume is probably, I'm sure, density. No. Oh right, right. The yeah. synapses yeah, and yeah. the neurons. Yeah, yeah. Like we have brain. folds in our brain. Oh, Lee, shut the fuck up. Pardon the interruption. This is a test of the upper school intercom system. What if they have upper school intercom system? What if they have smooth brains? What do you mean? You know the reason. What if they have really efficient brains, yeah. where they don't need as much, but they can convey more? In their thoughts. Yeah. How would we know? Yeah. It's just crazy to me. There's just no... Yeah. How do we know that we're the most intelligent species on Earth? Yeah. True. Are we the most expansive? You said ants are the most expensive. Ants are the most populous. Are they the bacteria? But what if they're... I mean, mammals are built to their communities. I mean, bacteria is the most populous. Well, yeah, 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 but that doesn't count. Why? I mean, does it? Yeah, they're living. We're we were all bacteria at a certain point. They're the most successful species, if you want to measure in terms of population. Yeah. But I don't think bacteria. But we're looking at intelligence once yeah. again. So. Yeah, but I'm saying mammals are. We're generally more. Me- what if? Testing upper school intercom. Testing upper school intercom. Okay, mammals are generally more attributed to towards those in their close community. That's why we don't care. I mean, it sounds weird to say this, but sci- being a psychopath, if it was detrimental for humanity, it should have been wiped out of the gene pool, but it isn't. And the reason for that, I think, is because a degree of being a psychopath is needed for us to survive in human society. A president can't wage war if he's extremely if he's emphasizing with the people that he's about he's to go to war with. Yeah. And I mean, I mean, they said five percent autism is a competitive advantage. I think five percent psycho- uh, being a psychopath is also an advantage. What is it? Psychopathy, whatever. Yeah. But we care more about our own children and our own mothers and fathers than those of someone else's. Yeah. yeah. So I think that we are, and we follow the mammal pattern of being more concerned with those in a close community. And what if whales are that way, but they've, they recognize that, and they're just focusing on those in their own community. Yeah. Exactly. You just never know. Yeah. And I mean, again, 
like the concept of pure intelligence there's just we don't know what it is we don't know what intelligence is like what is intelligence being able to what memorize things faster like we just don't know is my point so yeah. there's just so much uncertainty around it mm-hmm. yeah that's all I have dad should we end it there yeah alright fine peace out yeah